You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. episode 32 of the age group for life podcast and we're going to be talking about everything kona yeah yeah and it was our third uh, time competing against each other right that's right so every single year i've been there you've been there (laughs) yeah yeah so right so elliot's third trip to the island my fifth um and uh yeah what a week huh buddy a lot of fun, a lot of stuff going on, but yeah, I think this experience was probably by far the best experience I've yeah. had so far. So, very cool. Yeah, it was definitely fun. Um, so I think we had uh, mentioned a little bit about travel in the end of the last one, but uh, uh, I ended up getting there as the earliest I've ever been there before the race. So uh, it's you know a Saturday race, so I got there. Um, the previous week the, the friday so you know technically eight days before the race um so that was nice to get there and settled in and get a little bit more training in on the island uh when did you get there elliot i got there on tuesday so not as much time as you and but was really took your advice early on and did a lot of sauna training just all that so i think that helped a little bit but there's nothing like stepping off out of the airplane and just experiencing like the true Kona heat and humidity it's just a different feeling yeah that's true maybe we'll talk about it towards the end here but also noteworthy that you spent the last what just over a year in Washington as opposed to being in Arizona where it's hotter too right yep so yeah I saw the pros training in Arizona right before the race and like man would be nice but yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, I went with my wife and my just my one-year-old daughter, uh, Ruby. So uh, our flight over was, uh, we did the first time they've started off in Hawaii and does a flight all the way from, from Boston straight to Honolulu. So it's a, uh, just over an 11 and a half hour flight. It's the longest flight I've ever taken in my life. And uh, my deci- daughter decided she didn't want to sleep at all. So um, it wasn't the easiest flight, but uh, we got there. But at least you only went with one kid. This is true. This is true. So, um, but at the same time, it was kind of nice to just have, you know, and then you have the quick puddle jump over from Honolulu to Kona and to get there. And, uh, um, yeah. And then, you know, the six hour time change, three hours for Elliot here. And you went, you went through Honolulu as well, right? Elliot? Yeah. Yeah. So 
but yeah, it's there's nothing like getting on the island and uh, getting that taste, and it's uh, really gets you amped up even when you're just you know you're about to land there and you start looking at the lava fields, and uh, it brings back uh, memories once you've got some experience there, and uh, it's uh, you know it's almost go time. Yeah, it's I don't know, it's always weird like when you get off the plane and you start driving, just it's just the lava fields and like those little weeds that come up from them it's just i don't know i always get goosebumps because it just it looks exactly like what you see on tv it's really cool yeah exactly yeah so um my family and i took it relatively easy we had the goal on monday to go out there and make it to the volcanoes and the other side of the island and so forth but we uh we didn't make it there. We <laughs> we made it about 30, 45 minutes away or so um, and saw some really cool things, went to a cool beach and uh, attempted to do some kayaking and things. And uh, But uh, it was still a blast. Uh, you know, we stayed uh, right on Alahi Drive um, at uh, the Ritz. I mean, Uncle Billy's. Um, <laughs> Pure luxury. <laughs> uh, not exactly the Ritz, but uh, it's, it's a great location. And and I love that spot. It's fine for me. Um, but uh, Elliot, on the other hand, um, he he went above the Ritz. I would have to say. Huh? <laughs> yes, by far the best place we've ever stayed at. And yeah, we stayed at the Four Seasons up on Hualalai. So it was about 25 minutes from downtown. But yeah, so yeah, you guys joined us for dinner that night and kind of briefly toured what we got to experience and. It's very relaxing. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really <laughs> nice, and uh, it was uh, it was awesome. And yeah, we had a great dinner. And it's just absolutely beautiful and uh, very, very nice place. So um, I don't fault you at all for uh, wanting to stay there, and I would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, so did get uh, a few solid workouts in. Um, we had Lucas, Hans, uh, and Steve, uh, or some clients that I coached that were also there, and um, another gal, Joanne, but uh, Joe didn't get there till Wednesday night, but uh, did do some training with um, with Lucas primarily, um, getting on the bike and uh, getting out of Leahy, doing some running, and uh, actually I made it out to did my kind of last long run out in the uh, energy lab. It felt a hell of a lot better than it did on race day, but Gosh, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I was definitely uh, feeling pretty good going into the race. Um, I guess, uh, let's see here. We had, um, you know, met uh, Craig Alexander, uh, had a, uh, a fun, um, saw Jan Ferdino. Uh, I'll tell a quick story here that my wife is her favorite part of the, of the whole trip here is, um, so Jan Ferdino, what was it? It was one of the, the mornings that he was meeting for do the breakfast at Bob with Bob interview. Um, and so he was definitely late because actually the person I was with Mark was saying, Oh, I'm going to go watch Jan Ferdino's interview. And it was like at eight o'clock, I think. And it was like seven 50 when he pops out of the water and we're like, Whoa, there's Jan Ferdino. And so there's like three of us there and we're all just like, wow, look at how slim and fit he is, you know? And, um, so, uh, and I'm, a I'm always referencing dumb and dumber. And so my wife started saying, you know, it was just like in Dumb and Dumber when uh, the uh, the couple walks by and they say, whoa, look at the butt on that. <laughs> yeah, he must work out. <laughs> and uh, there were certainly some beautiful ladies in the area that we could have been looking at, but uh, 
it's true we were looking at the the world champ so <laughs> but, but he literally got out of the water and jogged off and like i don't know if he showered or whatever and just bolted so didn't even really get to see him so just like everybody's experience if they see him on a race course is you get a glimpse of him but even in training he's that fast <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, we didn't even really, well, we saw each other, but we both did the underpants run, huh? Yep. You were trailing uh, way behind us. I was. I was a back of a packer. <laughs> so uh, I brought my daughter, Ruby. Um, so we uh, we went with the American theme, and uh, she did a decent amount of, of walking uh, herself and uh, some carrying. And uh we definitely got our fair share of pictures and people stopping us and stuff. So uh, I think we uh, give myself a pat on the back for the costume, and yep. uh, we uh, we did well there. Uh, Elliot and Becca, on the other hand, were way up at the front of the pack, like leading the race here. I think. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so like my my family members were really looking forward to that because that actually inspired them to start running and just being active when they last did it in 2014 with me. Like they just were so intimidated by it and just the thought of running in their underwear just seemed absurd and they're actually pretty not confident they would even get through the, what is it, 1.2 miles? Yeah. (laughs) So Uh, I think that was a really special moment for them because ever since then they've ran Honolulu Marathon a few times and now they're they live really active lifestyles so it was a really special moment for them just because they got to go back there and run it and just be confident be a lot more confident yeah. yeah that is really cool and all that from the underpants run yep. yeah <laughs> uh nice and uh I uh, did make it to a few events that uh, had a cool sipo party and uh, a couple other uh um events that uh that we were at that were pretty cool and there's all kinds of different things going on especially the, the couple days leading up to the race and the expo was pretty cool um you get any cool swag stuff Elliot? yeah we walked out actually we went there twice and yeah every time we just picked up a lot of hats a lot of shirts a lot of did, random did you want to get things. a zip hat no yeah, I tried to get one. I didn't get one either. Those things were pretty cool. I but, got the uh, uh, I got uh, the ceramic speed shirt that says Cone on it. I like that one. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, but uh, it was definitely uh, you know weather was was Kona esque and, and nice and warm and uh, uh, did actually rain even uh, the night before the race. It actually rained the most I think I can remember it ever raining consistently there um so it did cool the place down but uh we had to walk back in the rain after our uh, pre-mace meal there oh that's right and of course we had the uh the peak team uh lunch the day before that on yeah. thursdays right after the underpants run and uh it was awesome to have uh so many people there and uh all being together was very uh really honored to to be a, been a part of that and it was uh very very gratifying to have everybody together yeah i mean you don't get many opportunities like that i mean it's extremely hard to qualify here and just having all those people show i mean qualify the same year is pretty amazing because i mean you would have qualified last year there would have been no one there that you knew from the team just joanne right joanne Joanne. was the only one that did it last year so we have had somebody at least uh for the last uh eight nine years but uh uh, we had seven there this year if you count the the coaches and athletes and uh, it's definitely a record so that was definitely great so 
Cool. All right. So um, let's get into it here. So let's uh, let's talk about the swim here a little bit. Unless I'm missing anything before the race. Um. No. Just kind of nervous going into it. Just. Yeah. I think just well, we my past experiences there, and just I don't know. I I feel like this this has been like the only place where I haven't really executed my type of race, and I really made it a point this time around to like really follow my plan on the bike and not get caught up in anyone else and just follow my game plan. So I think that was kind of the key towards my race strategy going into it. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, I really, uh, you know, and, and it is, it's definitely a celebration and it's an honor to be there, but I'll say straight up, you know, I was there to race and, yeah. uh, I wanted to, to go for it and, uh, not hold anything back and you know kind of run the risk of blowing up or whatever and just see what happens um so um i was excited to race feeling good feeling confident after tremblant and you know feeling pretty good leading into the race so um shout out to hans larson who uh had a hotel room at the the king k the the host hotel and uh elliot uh nate thomas as well and uh um lucas we were all uh hanging out uh, steve made it up there for a little bit in the the hotel instead of having to just sit on the ground somewhere or something like that waiting for the, the start of the race so uh it's super awesome um to have been able to do that and makes it really nice to have a bathroom right there and yeah. hanging out right before the race so uh, but then this year they did make a, a kind of a Eh, somewhat drastic change and they keep moving towards smaller and smaller swim waves so um i actually could have sworn that leading into the race and obviously figure this out the race race week but i thought they were just doing um you know the pros the men go the women go and then it was going to be the men 40 and under and then the men 40 and over in two different waves and then the same thing for the women but they actually broke it up even um into smaller groups than that um so they had the the 39 and under um, men go as the first age group wave. So uh, Elliot and I were in that. Lucas, um, Steve, we were all in that. But uh, then they had a 40 to 49, right? And then a 50 plus, I think is yeah. how they set it up. But it was broken up into a little bit smaller groups than, uh, than I anticipated there. And... Um, yeah, to me, I guess didn't really make too much difference. You know, personally, I'm definitely a fan of the mass start and everybody starting at once, just because I think it's a real amazing piece of an Ironman. And when you're swimming with that many people, it's totally crazy. Uh, but it's just kind of part of the experience. But uh, you can't fault them for that. And and we'll get into it when we talk about the bike. But I do think it was an effective move. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. It seemed a lot less congested early on yeah. in the bike, and oh, yeah. it was spaced out on the bike. Right, right. So, um, so yeah. So um, Elliot beat me out of the water, as expected. Yeah. So how did you feel about that swim, though? I mean, I just felt like it was just super congested the entire time. I just could not get in a comfortable rhythm because every single time, like, I either get my head dunked in the water, like, people kept grabbing my shoulders and throwing me back, and I think it might have been, like, where I started, but, yeah, it just did not seem very comfortable for me. Yeah, um, definitely it was congested, and, you know, I, I guess I was expecting that, and, it, you know, it never really breaks up, however, I managed to 
to break the race up a little bit myself. <laughs> um, so, you know, the first heading out there, um, you know, yeah, there was a few points where I was getting a little bit frustrated where I couldn't get into kind of a rhythm or people were getting too close and then pulling off and just kind of, um, it, it is definitely hard to get into a rhythm, yeah. but, uh, um, I thought things are going well and I actually, so you, you swim straight out. It's basically a, you know, kind of a rectangle swim. You swim straight out, you take a turn and then you swim around this big boat that's at the halfway point. And then you turn again and you head straight back in. So, um, I took a quick glimpse at my watch, which I normally actually don't do. Um, when I took that second turn and headed towards the home stretch, and I believe it said either low 30s or high 29s, so I felt like I was right on the, the one-hour pace, which was very motivating, exciting to me. Uh, it was definitely my goal to, to you know try and get right around the hour mark, and um, so I was doing pretty well with that. And but I was getting really frustrated. There was one person that like kept slapping my feet over and over <laughs> and over again, and I See, was like, I just don't understand that because I can right. be on someone's feet, and you know, I'm when I accidentally touch someone, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not gonna try my best not to do it. I mean, you can kind of like sense when you're getting it, too close. And then like, so I'm like doing like the big extra kick to like let him know, dude, cut it out, and like it just kept happening. So. Um, so I actually, I don't know, what are your thoughts on, um, so a couple of clients actually got seasick during the race and felt like it was, um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, of waves and, uh, it was, a um, choppies, but not the right word, but a wavy swim. Yeah. And, um, I felt like it maybe a little bit more, but it, it kind of, it didn't really feel that, that bad to me. I felt uh, on the way back, yeah. it was a little choppy and I kind of lost like yeah. my sense of direction a little bit because I'm like, are we heading back yet? Because I know you make that turn and then you kind of, you go straight a little bit and then you, you make the turn back to the pier. But I kind of lost my sense of direction a little bit because of the, I don't know. I just couldn't, I tried sighting to see like, oh yeah, can I see the pier again or that Gatorade bottle? <laughs> Right, right, exactly. So I should have been setting off of that. I was more relying on the buoys. So this has never happened to me before, I must honestly say. But uh, as I was trying to get away from that, uh, people on my feet, I somehow must have been on a wave. But I started, instead of sighting on the buoys that were heading back, I started sighting off the buoys for the buoys heading back or heading out at the beginning of the swim, the start of the swim. So I started veering ultimately to the right and literally had to be notified by a kayaker that I was heading off course. So I literally said, oh, shit, <laughs> and turned. And uh, so uh, it was definitely kind of a bonehead, kind of embarrassing uh, moment, just that I can't believe I did that. But uh, stuff happens, and I really didn't dwell on it too much, just knowing that, uh, and it's not like I didn't just immediately work my way directly across the buoy. I kind of diagonally worked my way back um, back into the swim line and uh, back on course kind of. So, um, so I, I think it, you know, I definitely swam some extra, and uh, I'm guessing it cost me a minute, maybe two minutes tops. Uh, but uh, it was more of a <laughs> embarrassing kind of thing, or uh, not the ideal time for that to, to happen. Um, so uh, that was certainly will forever highlight my swim from this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what did you swim, Elliot? Uh, 101, just over 101. Just over 101, cool. And I ended up at uh, 103.01, so right at 103. So a couple minutes back from where I wanted to be, but 
again, grand scheme of thing in an Ironman, you can't let that bother you or get flustered with it. It is what it is. So um, really didn't phase me. And then also definitely a thumbs up to myself uh, in transition. I did take skin. my swim skin off. Good job. Yep. That was that was definitely a win. <laughs> so about three quarters of the way. So I just I I felt like swimming with the guys 39 and under. They're just they were just way more aggressive than I don't know than what I experienced last time. I usually try to pick out like females to swim with because they're just oh that's true. Yeah. <laughs> they don't punch you or do anything too drastic and they're not as aggressive. Yeah. I feel like but. Yeah, so I got my... Wait a while if you wanted to do that, huh? Yeah, and someone grabbed onto my... It was probably completely unintentional, but someone grabbed onto the zipper in the back of my swim skin and about three-quarters of the way through, and so I was swimming with that undone for the final part of the swim, but I was trying really? to zip it back up, but I think it was caught up on the fabric or something, but yeah. Wow, that stinks. Oh, all right. Well, you felt pretty good coming out of the water. Oh yeah, yeah. I was actually yeah. I was aiming for an hour or two, but yeah. anything around an hour. Yeah. Happy so, with. Yeah. Cool. And so yeah. So I'm sure just like for me, the transition was quite congested. Um, you just got so many athletes swimming around that pace, so uh, it's very very busy in there. Um, but. Uh, it, I, I found a seat pretty quickly and and was able to get out of there pretty relatively fast. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, content with T1 and then uh, headed out on uh, into T or onto the bike here. Um, so um, yeah, how'd your bike go, Elliot? Well, I think you passed me around the same exact part that you passed me back in 2014 right around right along right before we hit Polani up into the highway so like that yeah, out in the back highway. section yeah yep i think you're right so uh that was um yeah i didn't catch that it was you till a little later than i would have liked to uh have given you a little more uh <laughs> hello but well uh, it was really congested too i mean there's so many people around you and yeah. all the all the people i mean those were that's where all the crowds are and right it's just, it's tough it's, I mean, that's settling in I mean, right off the bat. The <laughs> only reason they have that portion of the race is so that everybody can see you in town. Yeah. Um, you know, it's this out and back. So you, you climb, you kind of go out of town towards the Queen K, and then you come up the Queen K the opposite way, and then you come down Polani just like you do end up doing on the run course and doing out and back on uh, um, Cookie. I don't remember. Yeah, that, that street there. and. Um, it's actually a little bit fur longer on there than I remembered. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like you're legit almost uh, 10 miles in by the time you get to the Queen K, right? Yeah, and I, I just feel like that section, there's a lot of turns. It's not entirely flat. It's No, it's, it's, it's a really, it's, solid riser. Kind yeah, of and it's up, hard to get uh, in a really good rhythm right off the bat. And I know, like, all right, get through that one out and back section, and as soon as you hit the highway, then you can start settling in and start following the plan totally yeah so um so yeah so you know it's and it's definitely kind of where people are establishing themselves and it, the race can get a little bit strategic in there where um you know you may have some people surging a little bit to try and you know get up with a little bit stronger riders that maybe were ahead of them or vice versa and so it it can get a little punchy and kind of you know establishing uh, ideally a group or so to ride with uh I didn't quite find that, but um, I did kind of push um, 
a little bit there to try and you know get get solid in my positioning and so forth and um and heading up the Polani climb did did feel pretty good there um let's see so that first first segment yeah so actually my i averaged yeah, which right around where i was about planned to average but i was at like 252 watts 267 normalized so um that was kind of my plan heading into it um so on point with that but uh i will say my heart rate was a little bit higher than i wanted and uh i kept kind of pushing and expecting my heart rate to to come down a little bit based on those numbers and felt it should have been and overall my my heart rate was lower on the first half of the bike than than i wanted it to be but uh i basically just didn't didn't care enough to to ease up to do it (laughs) so um but yeah you know as we kind of alluded to with the swim start i must say you know there was definitely plenty of people out there and I, I was always around people for the most part but uh it definitely felt like it was much less congested than years past out on yeah. the bike course yeah no i agree you know so that was good and you know most importantly to me anyways it's like i didn't literally see any um packs like you know i still can't get this image out of my mind where uh i think it was 2016 when i was there that this this peloton of literally three wide like seven deep past me well and, and i think that's i mean that that that's probably the main reason why they implemented these waves right oh exactly yeah okay. yeah no that's hands down why they did it yeah. yep absolutely so um you know hopefully it helped there and um i did see quite a few officials out there not as many on the way back uh, but it did seem like they were out there and actually on the way back i did slow down a little bit we'll get there but uh there was quite a few people that were passing me um, that did have a uh, penalty uh, check mark on there. Yeah, I actually saw I saw a bunch of people in the, in the penalty tent. So, I mean, I felt like it was well officiated, even in the age group field. And right, there was. I mean, I felt like a lot, most people wrote it pretty clean. I mean, I did see some packs out there, but yeah. for the most part, yeah. everyone was riding pretty clean out there for once. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I felt like it was more of a, a tailwind. Um, you know, on the way out, there was definitely some sections where it was uh, it was slower. Um, but uh, overall, I felt pretty fast, and uh, I was pushing pretty good. I'm kind of going through my five mile splits here, and like my normalized um, all the way through like mile um let's see here through 40 to 50 we're all you know 250 plus for normalized power um so right where i wanted to be and um you know i'd say it was definitely a good mix i probably got passed by more people than i was passing to be honest but uh, uh it's hard to hard to say i would say it was maybe somewhat even there but uh um i don't know the how did you feel the wins were this year, right? I mean, I felt like the whole first part, especially like just all the way up to Javi. I mean, it was it wasn't bad, and the temperatures weren't. I mean, I never really felt hot riding there, but I mean, yeah. I was riding pretty conservatively, and I mean, you said there were you there were more people passing you. I mean, I literally did not pass a single person. I don't think really up to Javi. Wow. Okay. I mean, and 
Yeah, I mean, and that was kind of tough to, I mean, just swallow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just get in my head like, all right, I'm following my plan. And I, I, I remember in the years past, like on the way back, it can get a lot tougher just because it gets windier, it gets a lot warmer. And that's the time to like, if I wanted to like take any risk and push it a little more, which I did, the way back is kind of the time to step it up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I, I felt like the way out to Javi on the Queen K was pretty fast and not yeah. windy at all. Yeah. But there was definitely a headwind once you got up to Howie in there. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the hilly section was a headwind as well. So yeah. it made it for definitely slowed down that average for sure. Um, but uh, to be expected. Um, but, yeah, you know, and so I started, I'll say at like mile 40, 50, definitely nothing like I felt in uh, Santa Rosa where I really felt already tired and beat. Um, but I did feel a little bit off or not quite like I had uh uh, a ton of punch in my legs by that point um and so got to the turnaround uh did see lucas out in front of me um i felt like i was trying to calculate how far ahead of me he was it felt like he was a uh, pretty good ways in front of me um which was exciting and very happy to see um but then you know also uh, as the pros went by this is probably one of my favorite pace play points in the race is always trying to figure out who's in the lead and so forth and so i saw Ferdino go by in the lead but then i actually didn't even recognize or know who it was that would, uh, brownlee was in second there right with him and then there was definitely a the little bit of a gap there before the, the chase group came along. But uh, yeah, did you know what was going on, Elliot? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw Jan, and I saw Lionel and Alistair. And then, yeah, it was kind of tough to, to tell who the other people were yeah. as they went by. But, yeah, it's I don't know. I always spend the time to, like, look because oh, yeah. the helicopters yeah. are over them, and they have all this all these motor cars around them filming yeah. them it's really cool it is absolutely uh, cool so yeah and uh nutritionally i feel like i was doing a pretty good job and was staying on top of that um anything looking back i think i may have went a little bit light on that um and should have maybe taken in a little bit more water at the aid stations but i was really trying to grab an extra bottle at every aid station, drink a little bit of it, and um, you know, then spray down myself with the rest of it. Um, and I, you know, again, my, my heart rate was a little bit higher than I would have liked, even through getting up to Howie there. Um, but uh, um, I thought I was doing a pretty good job keeping myself cool. Yeah, and I used the aid stations a lot. I mean, I think that was my goal was to stay cool for as long as possible. So yeah, grabbing two bottles at every station and spraying myself off it and filling my bottle up with the other but yeah i mean i did not pass any of the aid stations without grabbing like as much as possible yeah yeah that's i think a smart move uh but then once i i turned around i think i hit like mile 60 to maybe 75 80 was a pretty dark spot for me um, so that was that's the section coming back from Javi back to the Queen K, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, I was going really slow. It felt like, and uh, I was like, "Good God, I'm gonna bike six hours if I keep this up." <laughs> and uh, you know, just uh, was got uh, a little bit 
demoralized. I just felt like uh, I wasn't going to be as fast as I wanted to be, and that you know, it was I was definitely fighting a bit to, to hit my power numbers. I ended up uh, dropping down a little bit. My numbers were definitely lower on the way back, so uh, perhaps I uh, I went a little too hard uh, on the way there. Um, but uh, but then all of a sudden, I will say at like mile 80, all of a sudden I just snapped out of it, and everything started to feel good again. And uh, I pushed reasonably well the uh, the last little stint there um and uh maintain some some decent power still not uh amazing by any means but uh in and lower but uh it wasn't you know recovery watts like some people end up at when yeah. they uh overcook themselves no i mean i'm almost so. done writing this my blog for this race but i mean i explained how there's a difference between how i felt riding on the queen k going back into town in the past where like you're just I was blown up and you're just surviving and just in a really yeah, dark just, moment and you're like I cannot run off the bike versus still following the plan I, I mean I did increase my effort a little bit but I felt in it still and I think just having the confidence knowing that okay I, I, I am prepared to run it, it's a lot different than oh wow I'm completely blown up and I don't know how I'm going to survive this run now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's huge. And I think that comes with, uh, with some experience. And, you know, to me, it's, it's kind of like, you know, um, with the wins, you know, everybody talks about one year versus the other year. And I do think, you know, again, I wasn't there, but uh, that this year was kind of standard and yeah. the wins were, were pretty strong, but kind of the average there. Um, Whereas, um, you know, last year I think they, they had a little bit more benefit or lighter, cooler temps and, and better winds, but uh, um, I didn't feel like it was insanely windy or, you know, out of control. It was uh, just kind of what uh, you grow to expect over there. Yeah, I mean, a few gusts, like, especially the crosswinds, you can, I could sense it when I was like, whoa, I gotta, like, you kind of like move to the side a little bit and you have to kind of adjust to that, but I mean, nothing extremely crazy I, I i think 2013 i remember like when we got to waikoloa i remember that section being so much windier that year yeah yeah i think you're right yeah where it was really slow on the way out yeah and super fast on the way back right yeah that was fun yeah um you're right yeah but uh yeah so um i ended up with a uh just under a 504 i think bike split um uh, 504 24 according to my watch a little bit less than that but yeah um so almost matched uh, to the t my uh iron man mount Tremblant, um bike split which uh was definitely not what i was hoping for i should have been faster uh but i think ultimately i didn't hit my power goals and was uh low on the way back so i think you know under five hours maybe was probably doable but um, I'm not sure even if I totally nailed it that, you know, 450 or so, which is what I was really hoping for, um, would have happened um, on uh, on the day there. Yeah. Looks like I was, so I was 523, and just looking at my numbers, I biked way more conservatively, conservative, conservatively than I did in Canada. I mean, yeah, I was probably at the low end of my Ironman zones, and heart rate was fairly low but i don't it's 
It was a lot higher than, I mean, I, I was kind of in the same boat as you. It's like, I mean, your heart rate's just higher there. It, I feel like yeah. it's just, well, it's harder it's to control. It's only natural, right? Your yeah. body's just trying to cool it down. It's yeah. in a hotter, more challenging condition. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's much of a surprise. Uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely is a factor, I think, and it's important to keep that in check. You know, and when I say a bit higher, you know, we're talking three, four beats, you know, higher per minute. So, like, I've, I should bring it up here. My average was, what was my average? Average heart rate is 151, um, which really actually isn't that much higher, but I think it came down quite a bit as I lowered my power on the second half is what evened it out for me. But I was up high 160s most of the first, uh, excuse me, high 150s to low 160s most of the the first half of the ride. Yeah, and I remember in the past, I kind of, I think when you passed me in years prior, I tried sticking with you and I think I like stuck with you to the airport and I was pushing way too hard. Yeah. But I think yeah. my strategy really kind of paid off. Is like, all right, I'm not. Maybe I didn't have the same kind of mentality as you going into this race, but I mean, I just wanted a good experience for once and just to feel good for most of the race, which I haven't ever experienced. So that was my yeah. goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So how'd you feel coming off the bike? Uh, I was relieved that I finally felt like really motivated to run and felt really good off the bike so that was I mean I was ecstatic about that because I was I just remember the feeling in the past that I've had there where I was just sitting in the in T2 in the tent and I'm like oh my gosh I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this yeah oh absolutely yeah it's a very humbling place and uh, you know those conditions can definitely get the best of it um but uh, but you, so you, you, I don't know. I always can tell really within a few steps of how my run's gonna go. Yeah. And uh, I say, I, I'd say I was kind of average to below average. Like I felt I didn't feel horrible getting off the bike, but I definitely didn't feel great and didn't feel like I had the spring and the pop that I did um, coming off the bike in Tremblant, let's say. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's? I mean, I really. I, I think it really comes down to the heat and it's just you're hot and I don't know it's something about that race where like I feel completely fine in any other race usually and there's just that element of heat and the wind on the bike and you're just out in the sun for I mean you're you've been racing for six plus hours so like right yeah it's it's starting to sink it in takes a lot sure. more out of your body than racing yeah. in 60 degree weather 70 degree weather totally yeah yeah uh you know it definitely just confirms too like you know you can do the heat prep and even train in hot conditions but there's really nothing like experiencing and and doing it on race day when you're going to a place like this well, and, and it's amazing too it's like you Kona. see you see some of the best athletes in the world i mean if you listen to lionel's um interview after the race he's like i I didn't keep up with my hydration and I was like completely delusional going into T2 and I mean even the best athletes in the world they they screw that up and when you're in that kind of state of mind it's just it's amazing to see because you are racing the best and even the best athletes out there cannot execute there yeah that's very very good point very true um but yeah, so I started on the run and was actually uh, my pace was was pretty solid and um, 
I was really happy with with my pace in relation to my heart rate and how I was feeling um, for uh, for the first few miles. Um, you know, I was consistently. Let's see here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, first seven miles, I was all um, just under seven minute miles. All you know, six sub sub sevens. Um, some like 640 to 650. And then I did run, um, so we'll talk about that section, I guess, which is basically the section on a Leahy drive um, where it's, to me, my favorite part of the run um, just because it's all, uh, there's a lot of spectators out there. Obviously, you're feeling pretty good. Um, and uh, I did see my wife and my daughter uh, for the first times on the day um, heading down onto a Leahy and then on the way out of a Leahy. Um, so I did stop real quick to uh, give them a smooch, and uh, um, it's always nice to get a little motivation there. But uh, but yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I do. I, I like that portion of the course, even though it, uh, people say, especially you know, there's a little bit of, of tree cover in some places, but it's it's really humid there. Yeah. No, and I I thoroughly enjoyed that that part of the course this year. I mean, I felt like I was running strong. And I, I actually had the confidence for a while there that I was going to be close to, like, three hours in the marathon. To, like, I mean, through 10 miles, yeah. I was kind of on pace. Exactly. And I felt fine, and my heart rate wasn't jacked up, and I really wasn't. I mean, I was running at a quick pace, but, I mean, I kept reminding myself, like, you got to save a little bit for the Queen K and the Energy Lab. And, I mean, I, I was in a good place, and I felt like I was running very strong on that portion totally yeah and i think uh, i so i saw you on the way coming back on alihi kind of like midway through so you were about i don't know half an hour ahead of me okay yeah um i can't remember exactly where i saw you yeah yeah you were chatting um, with someone i was running with a group too yeah Is it, it's amazing too there that I mean, you're running at a decent clip, and you are passing people, but then there are people running with you, too. It's It always amazes me, like, wow. In any other Ironman race, you can kind of, like, just... I mean, by people. Yeah. I'm usually not... I'm usually passing everyone, and no one passes me. All right. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. But then we did get uh, to Polani, and Polani is a legit hill. Yes. I mean, that is, it's a solid climb. I mean, it's got kind of two broken up into two sections, but I mean, there's really no, nothing in between there, but there is that kind of hump um, in the middle there. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people just go too hard on that. And, uh, you know, they let the crowd and, um, you know, feeling pretty good to that point in the race and they just you know really just push it too much and so i think i did do a pretty good job i ended up with a 730 mile looks like uh for that mile so definitely slowed down you know purely on the hill um to try and keep that heart rate down i think my heart rate still did get up to like looks like my max heart is 172 um so it was still high uh, considering i slowed down quite a bit um because that's i mean what an eighth of a mile max yeah. the total time is... so it is legitimately steep. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I would tell some people just walk really fast up that hill. I mean, it's almost just yeah. as fast as. I mean, that's that's really. I mean, I wasn't walking, but I was really kind of shuffling and yeah. uh, really tried to tone it back there um, because you you really need to, I think. Um, but uh, but yeah, then it's off to 
the queen k again uh, where dreams are broken and it's just it's a <laughs> tough place not only that it's it does get warm i mean just throughout the day it just gets warmer and warmer and warmer but also there's just so little support out there not not aid station support but just like people uh, cheering for you great, but yeah they don't allow you know people out there um so, which i still don't quite understand why i guess it's just not the I don't know, uh, but uh, it's yeah, it gets a little bit lonelier. I mean, you can still, I still had people, you know, always around me, and uh, did get to the to the turn or head into the energy lab and saw like some of the front pack age groupers and so forth, and uh, it's uh, it, it was I was still feeling pretty good and confident all the way up into the to the energy lab there. Yeah, same here, and then. Then that energy lab got me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was. Uh, I was surprised. Um, so I ended up. Uh, I have uh, had issues really. That's the first time I've got it in years, years, um, where I ended up with a side stitch up uh, underneath, kind of in the diaphragm area on the right side of the the chest, uh, underneath your rib cage, and um, I just couldn't couldn't seem to work it out. So I had two ugly. My I had a. Uh, a 913 mile and an 831 mile um, inside the energy labs there where I had to I kind of stopped for a second there was a couple times funny um, just went up to the aid station and there was like a I think it was like a two gallon bottle um, and I literally just grabbed it and just dumped the whole thing over my head and uh, you know I was doing anything I could to try and cool down that was actually even before I got the side stitch but um, you know, not sure if it wasn't. I really was trying to do a good job of fueling like crazy. You know, grabbing new sponges or pouring sponges on, um, and doing every everything everything to uh, to keep cool and um, make sure I was staying hydrated. But uh, not sure what what happened there. But uh, by that point, I I ended hit the wall and uh, definitely got uh, pretty frustrated or disappointed. Um, and uh, you know. Uh, that was right around. I think I saw you right at that. Right when I was starting to come out of it, was when I saw you. <laughs> yeah, and I was in a pretty uh, dark place. Yeah, I mean, right. Something about the energy lab. I don't know. It. Yeah, I felt the same way, and I. I finally. Yeah, I I dry heaved once. I threw up a little bit, and I you stopped did, yeah. and walked for a little bit. So yeah, I think my slowest mile was. Yeah, um, 9.40 is when I wa- started walking a little bit. Yeah. And then, then, I don't know, I think just looking around, and then I started looking around and just seeing everyone else, like, in pretty rough conditions because it was kind of like, all right, that's kind of, that's when I saw Lucas, too, and he was, Yeah. yeah I could tell he was a little, str- a little yeah, he was struggling a little bit. But then I I go, and I thought, I thought to myself, I'm like, I, I'm around Lucas, I'm around, like, I know these other. I, I knew some other athletes around me, and they were struggling just as much. Who did very well throughout the year. So I'm like, all right, I can snap out of this and just keep fighting. But yeah, the rest of the way was pretty rough for me. Yeah. Well, let's let's take a second to talk talk about our passing each other there. I guess maybe we had an opportunity yeah. to on a Leahy that near us, but uh, um, you know, I think. It was a little bit late that we saw each other, but... Uh, you snubbed we, me, think, man. W- oh, yeah, is that right? 
I will say we gave each other the virtual hey, high five. Hey, I gave Lucas huh? a high five. Did you? Yeah. But yeah, ne- neither of us really made the effort to come to the middle <laughs> of the road. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, what I didn't, what I, I, I forgot about that is, that. you know, on the way to the energy lab on the Queen K, I mean, it's not, it's not as flat as I picture. I, I, I recall. Oh, it's rolling. And it is rolling, and a lot of it is uphill. <laughs> yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, you get the nice downhill once you come down, you know, from Polani right at the beginning, but then it is kind of gradually climbing the rest of the way out yeah. to the energy labs. And then you do have, uh, you know, down for the most part there, but then you have to climb back up the uh, that portion there before you jump on to Polani. But at that point, you know, you get the motivation because you know you're so close uh, that usually I, I didn't. Actually, I think I did. I, I had my best uh, segments on Strava, according to anyways, on that section there. where um, And so I did end up rebounding. So after a couple ugly miles, I, I got myself back on track. Not perfect, but was at least in the sevens again and was running 730, 719, 728, 736, um, so, um, you know, was, was back on track and one thing i did do is i switched over to coke and uh i think that really helped me and um i don't know if there was some deficiencies that the coke helped me to to work through to get back on track with the uh with the um you know with the cramping issue and uh i think looking back if i go uh do that race again that i'll start hitting the coke a little bit earlier um but uh yeah how'd you feel coming in elliot yeah, so I mean, I I stuck. I was able to stomach gels for the most part until the energy lab, and then, yeah, when when things started going downhill, that's when <clears throat> I just knew I needed to somehow keep up with the calories somehow. So I mean, I took some bananas at an aid station and just tried to, and that that seemed to make me feel a little better and coke. Yeah. And. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I got out of the aid station, or the energy lab, so, like, I'm looking at my profile right now. It looks like I stopped and walked one, two, three, four, five, six times in the energy lab. Really? So, yeah. it was a rough part of the course for me, but um, as soon as I got out of there, I started feeling good like you again. I mean, yeah. not definitely not running the clip that I was early on, but, I mean, I was back to my fast shuffling pace is like is right. that, that's what i like to call it <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah i did i did pass quite a few people i think once we were coming out of there um and heading towards the finish and then um yeah it's funny so i headed down Polani and uh i was actually with this guy uh, i actually don't know his name but i loved it on the back of his kid it was le machine <laughs> and uh i was running with him a bit and we had both, I think, ended up actually. I was running with him at the beginning. I, I may have been chatting with him when I passed you on Alehi, and uh, we both had aspirations for a bit faster. But uh, I kind of told him, "Ah, hey, you know, you go ahead. I'm gonna really try and enjoy this finish line." And um, well, I definitely enjoyed it and was doing as many high fives as I can. I ended up uh, pushing it pretty good coming across the line and just getting in there. And actually, I think I don't know if it was motivation or not. I was, you know, so. Overall, so I ended up, uh, I crossed the line in 9.27, uh, what's my, 15. 
and uh, that ended up being a 27 second PR <laughs> so for Kona uh, which yes it's a PR which is great but uh, I was definitely hoping to be at least 10 to 15 minutes faster than that um, so uh, so I don't know if I, I used that as motivation to finish so that I did actually PR but uh, um, you know I, I did push push through the line for the most part uh, but uh, but it was good. Definitely very gratifying, and uh, especially with that, you know, I really think even I was probably in a darker spot mentally um, when I was uh, out there on the bike at like mile 60, you know, in that area, and like just really doubting myself for what I was doing, and you know, finishing even kind of at that point. And then uh, I knew kind of by by the energy lab, you know, even if I technically walked the rest of the way, you know, I knew I was at least going to get it done. So. Um, it was uh, it was good to, to finish and get uh, Kona number five done. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I tell I mean, I'm telling you that I took the race really conservatively, but I knew there there's always a point in an Ironman where it gets super tough, and you just really have to battle, and you will experience dark moments in your race. And yeah. I'm proud of myself for snapping back out of it. And although I wasn't I know I'm capable of a better run there. I just, I'm super thankful that I was, I stayed strong and shuffled my way to the finish line. And I mean, I was over an hour faster than the last time I was there. So that was a huge plus. And, and I had the energy two, at the uh, end too. Excuse me, under 10 hours. Yeah, barely. And I stopped at the end too. Yeah. Give my family yeah, was, hugs and that was the funny thing, so I expected <laughs> so what, what was your total time? Nine fifty. 50, right. So ten seconds to spare. So <laughs> I looked at your time after the race and I was like, Oh man, you must have been sprinting at the end <laughs> to uh to go so Yeah, and I honestly did not I mean I really never look at my overall time in a race. I just I don't know. I think time is what it is and yeah, Definitely. I think it was just kind of a fluke that I was ten seconds. I cracked yeah, 10 hours by 10 seconds, but right. I mean, I, I really did not. I didn't have any yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I rarely look at it. You know, I, um, when I'm getting close, I guess I kind of start to ballpark what my overall time's going to be or, mm-hmm. you know, flip over to that screen for a minute. But uh, um, no, I agree. Not really overly focused on that. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, um, and then so I ended up uh, just to finish it off here with a 3:13:31 marathon, um, which was uh, definitely a bit disappointing to me, um, and not a not a Kona PR. I think I did 3:09 one year, um, and it was really hoping to be definitely. I thought for sure, kind of, or not. I shouldn't say for sure, but I was pretty confident with sub 3:05 would be doable, you know, uh, for me. But uh, what did you end up running, Elliot? Uh, 3:26. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I, I just I feel like it was a good experience for me, and it was a good building block on if I race there again, maybe next time I can take a little more risks. And I, I don't know. I just I don't know what I would have done differently on the run because I'm kind of the same way as you. Like, I never have stomach issues. I never throw up other than this race. It's just it always <laughs> amazes me. Right. Yeah. It is baffling, but uh, that's why it's, uh, yeah, the best of the best here. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I ended up, 
Let's see here. 192nd gender, 45th age group, 211th overall. Um, was definitely expecting or hoping to be uh, be better than that, but uh, I guess I'm holding my hat on uh, third American in my age group. Nice. Um, so I guess that was that was respectable, but uh, um, yeah, um, definitely. Uh, you know, the race. I, I guess I've been people have been asking me a lot. I'll give it kind of a. Uh, a B to a B minus grade um, for me, um, but uh, the overall week, you know, and the whole Hawaii experience definitely was a, a solid A um, from this uh, for this one. That's good, and yeah, I think my experience was an A this year, and I I just left that island feeling a lot better about where I was at, just mentally, just where my head was at. I think in the years past, I just I think if you take yourself way too seriously there, you could. It's oh, yeah. very easily to get caught up and not race your own race, and you can very easily fall apart. Totally. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I finally feel content about my performance there. I mean, I know I can do a lot better, but um, just finally left the island feeling satis- satisfied. Totally. That's great. Very cool. And then I guess uh, we don't want to go too long here, but uh, just quickly on the the pro race races, um, I mean, uh, I think it is deserving a little premature perhaps, but uh, I don't – calling uh, Jan Ferdino the GOAT is deserving, I think, and uh, um, what he did that day was just absolutely incredible. And, you know, they def- definitely didn't have the conditions the year before when – Patrick Langer there broke the records and broke sub eight um, or went sub eight and um, you know for him to go was a 751 was just amazing. Yeah. And I'm almost just as impressed though honestly with Tim O'Donnell getting second and going sub eight and oh, being yeah. only now one of four people ever to go sub eight on that course is just uh, pretty badass. I just I don't know how they do it. It's amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, and their bikes, their bike splits are just incredible. Yeah. Every, everything's incredible. But, uh, man. And then uh, um, kudos to our uh, our new champion and knockoff, Daniela there. Obviously, she had a, a rough day, but uh, it's always great to see a runner run, run her way to the win. And uh, uh, pretty exciting women's race. Yeah. Yeah. I think I actually I haven't looked. I haven't watched that that broadcast yet but i really want to i'll do i'll do it on my one of my trainer rides yeah start watching uh, one of my trainer the rides. race got definitely got interesting and uh congrats to anna for being the uh the world champion yeah amazing yeah cool well i think that what are we at almost an hour here so uh thanks everybody for hanging with us here and uh getting a little of the kona experience so uh you gonna be back someday later or what um we'll see I got. I think I'm doing Ironman St. George next year, so we'll there see. There you go. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. But you, um, you don't have to go from your wife, or you don't want to go back there. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna pass at least for next year is the plan here. No, uh, no Ironmans next year. We'll we'll talk about next season a bit uh, in an upcoming episode, I think here. Um, but uh, but yeah focus on some other things for a little bit of yeah. other races but um we'll see so cool 
All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening here. Uh, We'll definitely get back at you soon here. But uh, that is the Kona Recap 2019. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Take care. All right.